I'm Sir Flobojan Thunderhammer. And I'm Teflon Frosthammer. And I'm Cabbage Tidehammer. And this is Whack. If Ampguard Knighthood means anything, you can't knife a motherfucker and keep it. And the thing that people need to understand essentially about arts and sciences events is that your scores don't matter. Do you want a black phoenix or a white phoenix? Jeez, language, man. We're yeah, on right. a freaking podcast, for fuck's sake. Mind-blowing experience, right? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Whacked, where we discuss some top topics important to the AmpGuard community at large and talk with interesting people from around the foam-fighting world. It's been a 15-hour day for me so far. <laughs> it's also been a minute since you messed them up like that. <laughs> This week, we have Screech on, and as you'll notice, we have the uh, whole whack crew uh, here right now as well. Vidalia, please say <laughs> hi from... Uh, oh, man, I thought Vidalia was here. I guess <laughs> hi. Uh, but Screech, th- thank you so much for coming on the show. We always like to start by asking our guests the same question. Screech, how is it that you got into foam fighting? Um... So it's a really long story, and feel free to cut me off if I elaborate too long, because nope. I will do that. Um, so back in high school, one of my good friends came to me and said, hey, my buddy came up with this idea for a sword fighting thing. We want you to join. And I was like, that sounds awesome. And then in short, I was much more excited about it than they were, and I kind of took over. Um, and we'd, we'd looked up a bunch of different foam fighting groups, but being in high school and kind of like outside of atlanta and not being able to drive we couldn't go to any of them and then i went to college in auburn um after i graduated and i was like and i was talking to some friends about the foam fighting stuff and i was like oh yeah i want to look and see if there's any groups near me and then i found a local uh Bellagarth park or dagger here park they kind of did both um went out to them and then that is kind of how i initially got started into foam fighting and then after a few years of doing dagger here in Bellagarth, i kind of switched over to doing amp guard so what was it in particular that drew you to Ampguard over Dagger here in Bellagarth? Was it just the availability or something else? Um, so we were trying to grow our park to the point that we could get a official club with the university. And Ampguard has an official structure for arts and sciences, for awards, for leadership, for all that. And so, um, and some other people had done Ampguard parks in the area and I'd gone to a few events so I was already familiar with it and everything, and I kind of and I like that a lot. Um, so we kind of got an Ampguard Park going up in conjunction with the Dag Park, huh. kind of around the same time, in the hopes that the Ampguard Park could eventually kind of start a club with the college, and then that kind of never, we never really got into the college bit. But then I got into Ampguard and kind of stuck. Yeah, who needs college? We got Ampguard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'd never thought about using the the AI or not the AI. Goodness, uh, the. Uh, awards the uh, the arts and sciences structure uh to sort of integrate with like a college group that actually sounds kind of cool is that something that like other groups are doing should we be doing that so um i know for a fact there are some other amp guard kingdoms where they're they have a couple chapters that are like based out of high schools um sure. i don't know which one specifically but i know that there's one where like the monarch of the kingdom is like a high school teacher who runs a club at his school and i know that down in uh i think in florida there's one or two colleges that have a club that is for Bellagarth or some other fo- uh, foam fighting group, and they actually like sponsor people and have paid for them to travel to events. Oh huh. shoot, that's actually really cool. Back in, but, sorry, back in olden times, I don't know if it was Mystic Glade or Radiant Valley, but they had one at the Pellissippi campus, 
and then that Metro. Was, that Sleeping was actually uh, Sleeping Dragon. Oh. Mississippi campus, yeah. That and was, then, by the way, started by Gillen and Darko. Yeah, they were talking about it at Park yesterday. And then um, Metro had a Hardin Valley High School. It group. was, yeah, it was like a, not quite a splinter, but it was like mm-hmm. a subsection of uh, Radiant Valley when it was Oak Ridge mm-hmm. only. Huh. Which is where we got E from. Mm-hmm. Is that where we got E from? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. All right. So the reason we're all here is uh, both you and Vidalia did some interesting, uh, really interesting fundraising stuff very recently. Now, because I know it's going to make Vidalia shake violently until she gets to talk, would you please start <laughs> the conversation and tell us first <laughs> of how you got this idea and then tell us a little bit about the execution of it? Um. So to quote one of my favorite professors from college, uh, Good, art, good artists make great artists steal. I saw somebody else do, uh, it was Sir Watt and Hogman pre-COVID ran Come Try LARP, quote unquote, events in their home kingdom. Yeah. For, um, and I saw what they did and I was kind of following all that, jumping in all the groups and stuff and I liked it a lot and I wanted to do it. COVID hit and then, so I've had it in the back of my mind ever since and then now that we're kind of hopefully out of that, um, I was able to finally kind of implement that and put some of the stuff that they did and adapt it to what worked a little bit more for our park. That's awesome. So just just to dive in a little bit, what did what did work a little bit more for your park compared to those like Come Try LARP tournaments? Was it just like a location or timing thing? So it wasn't actually Come Try LARP tournaments. They would take like four or five hundred dollars from park coffers or from personal funds and split it half and half into making loaner gear. And doing Facebook advertising oh. to bring people in and putting up posters and stuff all around town. Um, I put most of my funds into weapons. And then I tried to use a lot more um, cost-efficient methods of marketing to people. Such as I started making a TikTok and I tried to put something up at least once a week. Just saying, hey, I'm hosting a big LARP event in Birmingham. Tell all your friends. Bring all your friends. Um, we had people posting to Reddit trying to nice. bring it up. And then there's a million Facebook groups for every single small town within an hour of here saying, Hey, what's going on? Post your events and post your sales and other stuff. And so I posted in a bunch of those other groups advertising the event. And now we have a bunch of people that couldn't make it to the event, but saw the posts still want to in make those it groups. Out. Yeah. And they still want to make it out to one of our other weekly meetings. Um, and then there's also a bunch of other foam fighting groups or LARP groups that I kind of cross posted saying, Hey, if anybody's interested in cross gaming or if anybody who does more parlor LARP is interested in trying out a more buffer LARP, that's actually really cool. So, like, results-wise, what are we talking here? Like, I, as a fundraising effort, I mean, you don't have to give us exact numbers because that might be private, I, but... I would describe it as more of a recruitment effort. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was still... more recruitment. Honestly, we covered our expenses, um, plus or minus a little bit, but now we have over 50 loaner swords for the park, which I take that as a net positive. Yep. Um, and we had over a dozen new players come out to just that one park day, and I'd say for every new player... We had at least one or two others who said, I'm busy this day. I can't make it, but I am coming out some other time. Nice. Oh, that's really cool. That's so, no yeah. joke. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, I would have taken six as a super successful campaign. <laughs> yeah, right. A dozen yeah. with more in the wings is great. Yeah, absolutely. And not to mention the, the loaner gear as well. That's no joke either to have for anybody who needs it. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's super impressive. Some of them were at the craft in chat, like the online crafting together theme. So they seem really dedicated. Already? They were already at your crafting chat? 
Do, oh, yeah. Wow. So we usually do like every, we used to do every Wednesday, we're switching to doing it bi-weekly, mm -hmm. um, where we do a craft and chat on our Discord. Um, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Shout out for anybody else that wants to join. Um, yeah. But a bunch of the new people hopped into that and they're asking questions about guard, they're asking questions about classes, yeah. they're, um, they're just sponges trying to learn as much as they can. And we're trying to not overwhelm them, but we're throwing as much as can stick. Right. Sometimes it's kind of like drinking from the fire hose. Like you think you want to know everything and then I give you everything and you're like, okay, hold on, hold on. I just gotta, I gotta digest for a minute. Yeah, exactly that. We'll put links to that discord down in the, yeah, shoot us a link. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'll send y'all a link. So one thing I wanted to talk about was we had a very funny conversation talking about targeted advertisements. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I know where this is going. Do you feel comfortable sharing that with the class? Yeah. I didn't know if this was a, I, I didn't know if that if that was something that could be shared on here. Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah, it yeah can. totally. <laughs> we have an explicit rating. We're fine. Okay. Someone literally says fuck in our intro, actually. <laughs> yeah. If the explicit rating wasn't enough, you get 10 seconds in. So, yeah, tell us about this because I've heard a little bit about it. Tell us about this targeted advertising you did. Vidalia, do you want to tell the story of the conversation? Because I think you tell it better, and you're the one that... Yeah, kind of said it. Okay, um, so Screech was doing these targeted advertisement campaigns, um, and he was talking about like how, which subgroups that uh, would be most appropriate to market to. And we were talking in the craft and chat Discord, and I cracked a joke like, "Can you target milfs?" And so, <laughs> <laughs> um, because they bring snacks, and uh huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> Listen, me and Jay have already cooked this one up. So, like, this is not new territory, <laughs> No, by he the doesn't way. know that Milfgard isn't my idea. <laughs> you can't tell him I stole it. <laughs> okay, so can you target Milfs? So, um, <laughs> yes, you can target Milfs, and I can't believe that's a phrase that's coming out of my mouth. Um, so that's you can go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. There we go. Why is that my contribution to the Greater Amgard community? Hey. <laughs> yes, you can target Milfs. <laughs> <laughs> so, with marketing, um, there was actually somebody who, a long time ago, before Facebook changed their stuff, made a targeted advertisement that only went to their roommate that is how specific you can get with it but you can say like i want people who you guys are fucked <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> you can say say things like i want people who probably have children i want people who follow different parenting things i want people who put their relationship status as single i want people age i don't know like 25 to 45 or whatever your target range is. I'm liking what I'm hearing so far. <laughs> <laughs> so fun fact, I, I did run a couple of Facebook ads and as a joke, I put like $5 into one specifically for Vidalia. Excellent. How many MILFs did we bring I, in? Yeah, the question becomes, did you get any, <laughs> were get there, any MILFs to show up? Were there, any, were there any brownies that were brought out to your uh, to Oh, your no, it's the no, good gummy slices. We did man. have brownies brought out to our event. Okay, then Success. yes, we got MILFs. Yeah. <laughs> 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 on on a more serious note, what uh, demographics did you actually use for? Uh, yeah, for anyone who wants to do this in the future, what demographics did you choose aside from milfs, which is the most important? <laughs> um, so usually we want to target like young people, um, various nerdy interests, um, a lot of stuff. Like you look at your current players and say, what are the what are these people interested in besides Amp Guard, and then kind of use that to kind of pull them in. Um, 
something you, I, I also know there's a lot of people who are part of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. in AmpGuard, and so that's something that can really kind of help single out and like people that follow those kinds of pages and other things or follow pages and other stuff associated with that. Um, and you can specifically market your advertising to include that. That's cool. Sorry, I mean, Oh, I, I have two cats. I get it. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's interesting though, just cause I would not have thought to specifically target, you know, people from that specific community, but it makes sense. Amthgard is, you know, a safe community for those people to come. Um, you know, we try to make it an open and, and inclusive space for everybody. So, like, mm-hmm. that's actually a really good point. I would not have thought to do something like that. Yeah. yeah. We're so, all looking for somewhere to belong, right? Yeah. Um, something oh, else I actually did Hercules. along those lines. Um, so, we made a bunch of loner shields kind of before the event, and I wasn't able to pop as many as I wanted because mm-hmm. I was focusing on swords. But one of the loner shields that I made, I made a custom uh, pride flag cover for it and put that on it so that it's out there invisibly displaying and so then people who aren't necessarily inclusive who are coming to the same park to do other stuff they see that and they then they're like they see the pride flag and they think i i don't want to be near that because i'm not an inclusive person but then people who are inclusive see the flag and think that's a place that i can go and so it kind of helps filter out people bit of a a bit of an automated pre-screening i like it yeah yeah it's smart and then and then one of my players gave me about another half dozen various pride flags to make more shield covers and i have those sitting on my workbench to work on oh that's cool <laughs> nice so vidalia mm-hmm. your knee has been shaking no, so wait, hard wait. <laughs> i a legit i have a, a couple more uh questions Perfect. along this line so just stay there keep shaking. i'll continue vibrating yeah yeah it, you have a concrete floor and i can feel it in my feet <laughs> yeah and uh, we don't talk about this very often we're in my garage this concrete floor it, this is about uh, 24 inches of concrete right here because I was going to have a really heavy truck on it before it became a recording studio. <laughs> um, so my question for you is this. Uh, you mentioned you, you've you run some ads. Uh, some of them were targeted at MILFs. Uh, you've made some swords. <laughs> you've made some shields. What happens the day of? Had you already pre-planned out some battle games to do? What kind of activities did you have planned to do once everybody got out there? Yeah, so... I planned and po- I posted everything ahead of time. Like the first thing I did when I made the event was I put up a tentative schedule of everything. Uh, it was volunteers show up at around 10 to do setup for everything. Mm-hmm. Sign in start at 11, and so does weapons check, ditching at 11:30. Um, kind of like welcome and first battle game briefing at around noon, um, and then just kind of the other battle games going after that. Okay, and follow up question to that, and I think that this might be more important. How did you decide which games to run, knowing that you may have a lot of new people out? So, um, I specifically chose stuff that people who have never touched a buffer sword in their life are already familiar with the concept. The first game we did was Capture the Flag. Yep. Everybody knows Capture the Flag. And also, I made these giant banners. Love it. It's a sword cover. I was going to say. So it fits in your sword bag. And there are dozens of photos from the event of new people running around, waving these around. Hmm. And they loved it. And it also made it super clear and super visible. And was just fantastic. That's, um, I like the idea of using that as a sword cover. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And then when this eventually fails, I can throw it on a new sword. <clears throat> yeah. Um, And then the second game we did, it's essentially a multiple hill, king of the hill. And I just... And even though it's like a control points or whatever, I worded it in 
simple terms that everybody's familiar with. And then we also, um, all three games, we did militia games so that people, they just learn the combat. And then the third game, it was a kill the king or a VIP game, but the king could anoint people to special roles that were diet versions of different classes. Mm. And the kings would specifically focus on a lot of the newer players to promote them to those roles. And then the new play, and they also had magic armor too. So the new players got to experience armor and fighting with points and kind of tracking all that. And then also each one of them got one spell or class ability that they could use unlimited. And so they got a ton of practice with that and they got a chance to kind of try out some of the different classes and see what they liked. Huh. So this was Warsong Gulch. Yeah. And then Arathi Basin. Yeah. And then Ampguard Light. Yeah. We'll call it Lightguard. Yeah. yeah. I, I called it Diversions of Classes, which I think is a great way because it's just mm-hmm. one ability and one point of magic armor. Unless you're the, the Diet Warrior, you got two points of magic armor at that point. Right. Radiant Valley has done something very similar. Raider. Yeah, what we used to so we've done a couple of different uh, takes on it. We did the Raider for a while, which was mm-hmm. kind of a diet version. We've also done things where um, new people that said, "Hey, I want to play Wizard," they got an index card that had one or two spells on, it. not first mm-hmm. level spells, just whatever we thought sounded really fun. Like they got an Ice Ball and uh, Shatter, mm-hmm. or uh, or Icy Blast and Shatter, or whatever. You know, it was just anything that sounded kind of cool to put together so that they got a flavor for what that class could uh, do. So I'm yeah. I super super dig what you got going on there. Yeah, some uh, to kind of jump off of that. Um, Sorry, because I know you look like you're about to say something. Um, I reached out to... I found the person who made the original Andy the Amp Garter graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. A, so I could use some of that for promotion for the event. And I'd seen some that are level one class cards. And he has a whole set. And he sent me the whole Google Drive and everything. And if you guys want it, I can send it to you if you remind me after. Yeah, we'll throw um, it in the show notes. That'd be cool for a, a lot of people to have. Yeah. And so next park day, um, we're running kind of along with the current story. Everybody's going to be level one just for that one park day because it's all the newbies coming out and then i'm going to print off all of these level one class cards for all the different classes and so then the newbies when they need some when they want to pick a class and it has just preset spell list uh and just a good mix of all their abilities and everything so with the with the diet classes i'm really curious to know was there any one particular class that people liked the most i think it really depended on the player um I, there were a couple like dag cross gamers that when the teams really wanted to push, they were like, okay, you're getting diet warrior. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you, usually what each team did was they gave one of the diet warriors, um, essentially to one dag player. And they were like, okay, you're bodyguarding the VIP. Right. Yeah. You're a, you're a bullet sponge here for the King or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I did, I did see a lot of people running around as the diet wizard, just pointing and just shouting at people to make them do something nice uh, was a lot of fun because i had I, I did it off of chess i had the king which was the vip i had the queen which was diet rogue um i didn't see a lot of people using their abilities but that's also something that as a reeve you don't it's harder to pick out using that ability compared to others yeah unless there's um, a weird interaction you usually don't notice it it flies under the, the radar yeah um and then we had the knight which was the diet warrior i saw that one get used a lot and then we had the bishop that was uh, diet healer, just unlimited swift heal, which did see a couple people using that to pretty good effect. Nice. And then the rook was diet wizard. Nice. Okay. 
And which class did the MILFs choose most commonly? <laughs> I think they were all busy at our bake sale. Ah, Because ah, we, we did uh, uh, Obscure Unloved um, coordinated bake sale to kind of also do fundraising on top of it and then also have refreshments and snacks and stuff. Oh, that's really cool. Mm -hmm. We yeah. should have a we... bake sale at our park. Just a bake no. Sale. <laughs> no, we tried that. Always Don't have you a bake remember? sale. Yeah. We tried that when we had the, the ANS competition that was just like cookies and desserts and we, stuff, and everyone got that diabetes. That was a good day. <laughs> oh, no, that's where Quan came out and gave all of the casters like these super hard candies right before the battle game. So, so that they couldn't talk. So I'm playing a bard, <laughs> and I've got the world's biggest gummy bear, or the world's biggest uh, hard candy in my mouth, and I'm like, Mupau, Mupau, Yeah, sorry, I can't Mupau understand you. I'm not taking that spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart move on their part. Um, one thing while we have the monarch here as captive audience, do you want to give your uh, crew a shout out? Whose crew? Your crew. What crew? Screech, <laughs> who ran your event. Oh, that crew. You you did awesome work. Obscura did the bake sale. Um, not to put you on the spot, but so I actually have I have the budget file that I tracked all the finances and stuff in, and then I put another folder or another tab that's just all the post event awards. Oh wow! And I'm up to 33 right now. Um, uh, but a couple. Uh, <laughs> hey, they're a duchy. They can give out a lot of them. <laughs> the sad thing is, a lot of the people who helped are like high up on awards, and so it's like, you stop that. I want to give you something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, shout out to Grayman and Yui Brightflame. Um, they drove five hours one way to help the whole event. That's awesome. That's amazing. and they didn't crash for the night in Birmingham or anything. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, uh, like y'all mentioned, uh, Obscura Unloved, um, she handled like the bake sale and that went super smoothly. She did an awesome job with that. Um, this is someone who's not known a lot to the greater Amcar community, but I want to give a huge shout out to Fergus Countertorque. Um, he came over to my house on a Friday night. I was hosting a craft night and park was the next day. And <laughs> This new player has never made a sword in his life. I taught him how to torque wrap, and I'm not the best at torque wrapping. And I swear, he is probably about the best torque wrapper I have ever seen. <laughs> and it, over half of the swords that were made, and we made 92 swords. Damn. He torque wrapped over the course. So he came, and then he, we were hanging out and having such a good time. And then we just decided, you know what? If you just want to crash here in my guest room, that's fine. And then I pulled apart the next day, and then he came over again and helped me build after park, and then left Sunday morning. Jesus. And I actually, I didn't know that with my title, I could take a page because I'm belted under Obscure Unloved. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went up to her at park and I was like, hey, we need to get this guy in our belt line, but I can't take anybody. And Obscure is like, you know, you can take someone with your title, right? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and she's it. like, yeah, I actually had my eye on him. And then I told her about the, like him making a bunch of swords and stuff over at my place. And then we kind of pulled him off to the side and he was super ecstatic. Oh, that's awesome. And so really I took, cool. uh, yeah. So I took him as my page now. And his um, his belt, for those that don't know yet, is actually just a piece of noodle that's been torque wrapped in the shape <laughs> of the belt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, utility belt, I see. Yeah. I see. yeah. yeah. Uh, other award shout outs. Huge shout out to uh, Littlefoot from Roaring Plains. Um, he's a former dag fighter I'm super close to, but he was just doing tons of stuff to help new people. 
instead of just saying like, no, I'm not going to take that. He would tell them like he would take it, but then say like, hey, here's how you properly do it. Or he would walk them through properly d doing the spell and then take it. Um, and then there's also one point during a battle where he uh, essentially called back his entire team because he realized the other team ha wasn't ready yet. They hadn't given out their sashes. Oh, nice. Quickly for um, for the diet classes compared to his team. Had, his side had done all that beforehand. So he was just like, okay, if you have a sash on our side, everybody come back. Um, I had a couple local players who did a ton for the bake sale. Um, Corin Shinkagi, I probably butchered his field name. I always do. Um, <laughs> and then some of their family also who don't come out and fight, but I've been trying to get them to come out as non-coms. Um, they brought a bunch to the bake sale. That's cool. But yeah. And then, uh, Mama Bear, who's also my mother, um, came down and spent the whole weekend at my place and let me borrow her wheelchair van to transport 92 swords. Nice. 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 I was about to ask, how did you get 92 swords to park? But yeah, my tiny it. little, uh, four door sedan does not hold 92 swords. Ah, you're not trying hard <laughs> you're enough. You're not man. being creative <laughs> enough. Just picturing them glued to the top. And yeah. I'm picturing like and... an amped Mad Max Fury road car. Yeah. <laughs> So, Jeff, no. Jeff, no. Don't look at me like that. No. <laughs> so, uh, one last question from me about the uh, uh, the setup for this. From, you know, first thoughts to delivery of this. About how long did you take? Whole planning um, process. I think I went to my wife like two, two and a half months. Probably like two and a half to three months actually before the event. And I was like, hey, can I do this? And she just immediately was like, yeah, sure. And I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> I was expecting some like iffiness, some conversation. And she was just like, yeah, go ahead and do it. And then I was, and I wasn't even in the monarchy at the time. I was just a normal player saying, Hey, I want to help put together a recruitment event, regardless of if I ever get, or no, I was in the monarchy as GMR. I wasn't the monarch. Sorry. The, but yeah, I was, sorry. my big thing with asking is this. And this is a roadblock that a lot of people run into. I know Cabbage has talked about this before uh, on the show. 99% of the time we defeat ourselves because we either start overthinking things, uh, we, we worry about what's going to happen if we fail. The absolute best thing that you can do is get over yourself and do it. It's your first attempt in learning. you got to take the Shia LaBeouf approach. But <laughs> Just do, do it. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I don't know internet. I forgot about that. Oh, no. Big boomer energy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got to take the Nike approach. Okay. No, that translates. Okay. That tracks. Yeah. yeah. So, what would you? What advice do you have for someone who either wants to do a, another recruitment style event, or someone who's just kind of looking to get their foot in the door um, with recruitment? Um, two big things. Uh, one set your goals high knowing you're going to fail. I said, I'm going to try and build a hundred swords. And I was like, you know what? If I fail and only go halfway, I'll build 50 loner swords. And that is, those are 50 loner swords. My park does not have and into it. Like I was nervous as heck. I was a wreck. If you talk to Laryl, she will tell you I was a wreck going in, leading up to the event. Um, but I kind of went in like, Worst case scenario, I host a fun day event and get to see a bunch of my friends. Best case scenario, we get a bunch of newbies and a bunch of people visiting from out of town and the park grows and it's super awesome. Um, and then the second thing 
that I wanted to touch on is um, like false confidence. I don't know how to put it other than that. Before we hosted it at our main park, I was trying to host it at another park that I wanted to move our park to. Right. And I had reached out to the head of like events and parks and rec for the local city. And I hadn't gotten a response, hadn't gotten a response, hadn't gotten a response. And finally, I just straight up put on like a suit and walked into their office and just name dropped them and said, I've been trying to reach this person about an event for a 501c3 athletic nonprofit. You say 501c3 athletic nonprofit, and then they're just mind blown. They love it. Mm -hmm. And like, I just walked in there and I just put on this like, face of confidence yep. and talk to these people and I got a bunch of stuff done and I was just super kind and polite and everything. We didn't end up going with that site, but that kind of helped me a ton throughout the whole process. So funny story about that. I'm, I'm going to echo the false confidence thing here. Um, it is absolutely true. If you act like you are supposed to be there, people just assume you're supposed to be there. It's do the you, classic yep. clipboard thing. Do, this is what I was about to say. Do you remember Chachi? Oh God. So uh, that guy used to be my roommate for a while. So uh, an old Anth Garter who doesn't play anymore named Chachi, uh, him and I, God, we should have been arrested. <laughs> we, we at one point decided. You're not going to incriminate yourself on the air, are you? Uh, I, this is Again. so past the statute of limitations, and that mall's closed anyway. So <laughs> what happened was we, for whatever reason, had got it in our heads that we wanted to go steal the photo booth that sat out in front <laughs> of the movie theater at our local mall, East Town Mall for anybody in Knoxville. We decided we wanted to do that. So we put on orange vests and clipboards, and we walked in with this truck and just took it out on a dolly. The movie theater employees held the door open for us. No one asked <laughs> questions, nothing, because we looked like we were supposed to be there. And so we were supposed to be there. So if you, if you do just take that, that Social false, engineering at its finest. Yeah, I mean, if you take that, yep. that, that confidence narrative, right, if you act like you're supposed to be there and you convince yourself that you are supposed to be there, 99% of the time you're going to get something done crime or otherwise <laughs> well and and i'll say too though we've been referring to it as a false confidence here i really think screech that that's just part of who you are right you are capable of that you might not have believed yourself capable of it but you are the type of person that said no i'm going to get this done and then you worked out how to get it done right yeah. in your case it was putting a suit on um I've seen other people say, no, I'm getting it done, and they just started making phone calls until someone picked up the phone and got a hold of them. There's a, it takes on a lot of different forms is what I'm saying, but I think that we're all capable of quite a bit more than we give ourselves credit for. Hell, I put on a fancy tunic and decided I was going to be monarch <laughs> 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 to varying degrees of effect. Um, another thing that you pointed out there, though, that I do want to kind of harp on, and that is you have to convert the language to something your target is going to understand, right? So when you had to go talk to the, the city and you put on your suit and everything, you mentioned, you know, we are a 501c3 non, uh, nonprofit sports organization. And that's really important because I, I'm going to call out Vidalia. Oh, my God. I have heard Vidalia get on the phone with event sites and she'll go, hi, my name's Vidalia. I'm with Amthgard. Uh, I am the, the prime minister of the kingdom and we want to book your event site. And they're like, what the fuck yeah, did you just lady. say? Yeah. yeah, they're like, I don't know what crazy person just called us. So you really do, do not. I have my... I have my plug on lockdown. Hi, I'm Lauren Darby. Yeah. I'm calling with a 501c3 nonprofit called Winter's Edge of Amthgard. I wrote that script for her. That's not we true. We <laughs> workshopped that to hell and back because, I mean, legitimately, 
if they don't know what you're talking about and they can't relate it to anything that they know, they're going to look at you like you're crazy and send you the other way. I do say boffer too much. They don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah. I mean, the big yeah. thing uh, the big thing here is we have a lot of colloquial language that we use that you cannot use when you're talking to, we'll call them normies. <laughs> um, <laughs> the uh, You can't use things like your position in the, the company, like your regent or prime minister or something, unless... Those are standard terms. Like if you happen to be the monarch and you introduce yourself as the CF, uh, CEO or the CFO as the prime minister or something, those things are okay. But you've got to think about this from an outside perspective when you're going to talk to these people because you can lose them very quickly. Well, and more importantly, in, in many cases with something like this, they're going to be doing business with you. So they need some amount of confidence from a business or from, a, um, from a, even like a local government standpoint that they – know what you're doing and can sort of trust in that, that there is some kind of process. If you say, I'm the king and I'd like to, they go, you're not the king of shit. And who are you? And how did you get in here? And did they not, did you go through the metal detector? And, you know, so it's a, it's a very good point to use the correct language when you're, you know, when you're dealing with those, those, you know, outside amp guard bodies. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And also on that, on that point, that's not just important when you're going to businesses and governments and stuff like that. When you're recruiting new people, yep, they also don't know the lingo of our game. And so you need to put it in terms that they'll understand until they come out enough to pick up all the lingo of the game. Yeah. As a matter of fact, any of our viewers out there, whatever pitch you use when a new person walks up, whether that be, it's kind of like a live action D&D, which I've heard quite a bit, or anything else drop it in our comments i want to hear what you use to what, what what approach you use when you're talking to new people yeah fair enough do we want to turn it over to vidalia or do we no. want to make her wait a little longer? <laughs> I, think I, was, I can feel her knee it's coming through the chair i was really hoping to wait until there's only five minutes left and go oh we don't have enough yeah time uh, <laughs> okay so vidalia yes what'd you we, have for lunch today God, um, you recently did a fundraising event for Radiant Valley. <laughs> Please tell us how that went. My back's hurting, y'all. <laughs> um, so we fundraised at the Pirate Festival. It wasn't just Radiant Valley. Um, we had Buccaneers Buccane- Respis- yeah. Respite with us as well. Um, we raised $2,600. That's um, amazing. I do want to stop you real quick to correct you. It's Buccane. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Do we have? Are they French pirates? <laughs> yes. Buccaneers is a French um, term. Are we? Is that Friars? Buccaneers. French. No, no, they're they're the pirates of Penzance. Oh. All right, Vidalia continue. Anyway, um, and we had seventeen volunteers across multiple parks uh, show up to help us uh, volunteer. Um, we ended up working five days. <clears throat> With over, I think we got around 3,000 people in and out of the festival. Um, and we were the uh, sole non-acting, non-vending staff for the event. Um, so rewind it for me just a little bit. First sure. off, how do you discover this as an opportunity? And then how do you get us into that? Well, um Pre-COVID, I don't know if you remember, I'm sure you do, Um, (laughs) you set up the fundraising structure through the board of directors. 
the oh, fundraising yeah. committee. I did do that, didn't yes. I? I remember and that. And so during that time, <laughs> we had researched a bunch of local parks or local um, conventions, uh, renaissance fairs, medieval festivals, and pirate festivals uh, that Radiant Valley could go and fundraise at, either through vending, like selling swords, or um, staffing. And so we couldn't do it because the pandemic happened. Uh-huh. And then, um, but I just had that document sitting around and then I started going through it and calling all of those locations and shooting the messages. So I shot the Tennessee Medieval Festival slash Pirate Festival um, a message February 10th and was like, hey, Radiant Valley is looking to work with you guys. What would that process entail? Um, what What can I do to either vend or uh, help run the event to fundraise for our 501c3 nonprofit. And I got a message back and we did it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, main takeaway here is it's a pretty long tail from start to finish when mm -hmm. you get in with these organizations. So that's how you get the idea. That's how you get into it. Um, talk a little bit about the, the sort of stuff that you did there. Like, did what did we do? Did we, I know, Beefy sold some stuff. I think we had a couple of booths, and then there was a lot of like volunteer work going around. What, what was all yes. that? Yes. So um, we had two um, major ways to raise profits. We had a booth, and we had staff that we were working uh, with. And our booth made, I think Beefy sold one scarf, so we made $5. You were selling scarves in the summer. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh, but Buccaneers Respite, I don't know their numbers. They were also in with the booth on a... Um, and they sold boffers. And I don't know how many boffers they sold because I was not working the booth. I remember they so. were talking about they, they had sold through like more than half of what they had brought. But I don't know what that number amounts to. Mm -hmm. But and they had managed to raise a tidy profit. Before the anyone asks why we were selling scarves, and this is important when you're uh, learning about some of these organizations you may be fundraising with, this particular one had it set up to where there couldn't be competing vendors. Is that right? Correct. So you couldn't sell the same thing as another vendor so we couldn't sell garb or anything like correct that. okay yeah um and they also didn't allow bizarre type b-a-z-a-a-r bizarre type shops so you couldn't sell more than one thing in your booth huh. um yeah so we got stuck with scarves they're pretty scarves though <laughs> i mean listen i've seen the stuff beef makes it's really cool again he was just selling scarves in 100 degree heat Correct. Um, so that was probably destined for failure a little bit. But uh, the, the, the main thing that we did with our vending booth, though, is uh, I had flyers. Right. Um, I printed out a, as many as I had paper for, and they were gone after the first weekend. Uh, <laughs> and then we had we just left one on the clipboard, and it had a QR code. So after that, we would just tell people to scan it. Um, and so we had... A 2,000% increase in our Facebook page viewership um, during the two weekends for the Pirate Festival. And we also had 22 new members join our Facebook group. So a 2,000% increase is 22 new members? Or what does what 2,000% increase roughly look like? Because uh, I know... It's probably like... You know, five people. <laughs> well, this is, yeah, because that's a very astounding number until you put it into you know, sure, perspective. Sure, I think um, we had... Probably 700 views at one point. Okay. The, the, the reason I asked is not, not to, like, you know, break your number and make it look bad or anything. Sure. But somebody looking to do this for themselves might go, we can't 
we can't house 2,000 people at our park. And, like, I want it to be very clear that it's not. Oh, man, but if you could, think bro, about it. Yeah, you'd be a kingdom tomorrow. <laughs> you'd be more than a kingdom. You'd, you'd, you would eclipse, I believe, uh, you'd be two-thirds of Ampgard's total population if you got 2,000 <laughs> at the park. <laughs> So um, I don't know how many we actually have. That's think, a made-up number. I think it was everyone. like eight thousand at the last census, but I'm is it? Don't quote me on that. So we also had people working staff. Cabbage was one of our staff. Is that what I was doing? Yeah. Fuck! I thought I got thrown under the bus. <laughs> yeah, I was working the, the <laughs> ticket booth. I had no idea I was doing anything for the park. That's cool. No, you raised money for the park. You individually raised a hundred and fifty dollars. You're welcome. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought I was getting roped in to go to the Ren Fair. And I when got, are we going out to eat, man? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> never. <laughs> so, okay, so that was the that's the other thing is and I guess I was a part of that. People were volunteering uh, as well. So like people would run the booth and then they'd run around and volunteer. Yes. And so the volunteer stuff also paid, I guess, or yes, did that just they get us paid the... us $50 per person per day. Shit. Yep. Hey, I want to throw it back to you for a sec, Screech, because you were talking about a lot of the volunteers that you had as well. You were giving them shout-outs for uh for some stuff earlier what process did you go through to get volunteers um so i posted to the event and also kind of talked at park and i think i did make one post to the kingdom and something i did that i think helped a lot when i was trying to get people to reeve or help with other stuff is i didn't ask them to commit their whole day i said hey i just need you to reeve for one battle game or be an npc for one battle game and so then they still got to enjoy the rest of the day while volunteering a small amount of their time because there's a lot of people who say hey i need you to come help me run this event they then don't want to come to the event because they want to go and they want to play they don't want to like they may have just been super busy and done a ton of volunteer work in office or whatever or right. helping their local park even if they're not in office and they're traveling and they want to have fun while traveling it's a lot to ask somebody to give up like one of their weekend days to essentially do more work yeah through the Pirate Festival, if you volunteered one day, then you would get in the next day for free. Um, we ended up having 14 comp tickets um, outside of our staff that they also donated to us as like a little tip. Um, but most of our volunteers actually turned down going in for free so they could keep working, and it was very sweet <laughs> of them. So, so in in. You know, just like we gave uh, Screech the chance to give the, the shout out there. Is there anybody you want to comment on, you know, is doing a, a particularly excellent job volunteering for this thing? So many people. All um, right. You heard it. So many people. <laughs> if you weren't mentioning that, then go fuck yourself. <laughs> so we have uh, Dawn Starlight. We have Darkmoor, Beefy. Darkmoor. Darkmoor. <laughs> Beefy. Uh, Bubbles. Um, Nemain. Morgana. Rowan. Wolf's Blood. Babs. She has a different amp guard name but babs is in it and so i only remember part of it but <laughs> <laughs> uh phoenix um josephine caradoc uh pickles you sure <laughs> um onion i yes i was there obviously <laughs> she uh vidalia was operating as the resident slave driver of the event Management um, is the term that I prefer. <laughs> right. Well, it was a pirate festival, so, you know, the, the official title was Slave Driver, unfortunately. So, okay. So, you, you get us into this thing. Uh, I, I apparently helped. Uh, you get us into it. The thing goes off. You said it was over two weekends? Yes. So, did the people from Buccaneers Respite drive up twice, or did they stay in town somewhere? 
Um, they had camping on site for volunteers. Oh, so sure. oh, that's cool. Yeah, you could camp in little tents. They had a solar sh- shower um, and a campfire and that sort of thing. So Buccaneers Respite stayed there. How very pirate of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so give us a, uh, I guess, like a lessons learned. If you were going to do this again or if somebody else wanted to do this for their local group, what what advice and wisdom can you impart? Yes. Um, Was so it a yes or no question? <laughs> Uh, cut the cameras. I'm going to do physical violence. <laughs> I got to drive you home later. Please don't hit me. <laughs> so um, I would say planning is a very important part. Um, so make sure that you have a schedule for your volunteers. Uh, have someone. Oh, Alice. I forgot Alice. He was also <clears throat> there. Um, did a great job. Played his drum. Make sure that someone is there to float back and forth uh, to cover shifts. Um, and it, you can just Google search or Facebook search local Renaissance festivals, medieval fairs in your area and just shoot them a message because you miss all the shots you don't take. So yeah. Michael Scott. Um, <laughs> so did it seem to you like, like, and, and I, I know you can't speak for all Ren fairs on this, but it, did it seem to you like, um, they were, you know, super eager to get volunteers. Do you think other Ren Fairs are also kind of constantly looking for a volunteer staff? Or They said that we were the best staff they had ever had. They thanked us and tipped us. Um, That's deeply upsetting. Both with uh, $280 worth of free tickets <coughs> and with a $100 tip. They, oh, wow. They've also gone ahead and asked us to come back in October for the Medieval Festival. Which, by the way, Winter's Edge, if you want to... Oh <laughs> no, go ahead. Finish your... Come finish volunteer uh, and raise money for your local chapter. Um, Radiant Valley takes no overhead for the organizing of the event, so you take home the full amount that you work uh, straight to your park coffers. Yeah, plus anything you vend, I guess, if you can get yeah. in as a vendor. What weekend will that be? Um, <laughs> it'll be the first two weekends in October. Oh. Yeah. Um gone again <laughs> sorry flo <laughs> um so the i want to i want to do a a, a recap because we've gotten to hear about two uh very successful things uh that's happened here one of the things that uh was consistent among both of them is uh the time frame was fairly short uh one was uh february to what would you say end of may mm-hmm. so about three four months we'll call it and one was, uh, Screech, you said it was about two and a half months? Yeah, I think it was about two and a half months. I'm actually pulling up the event because I'm curious about how long it was now so I can get a specific number. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but the big thing here is I think a lot of us have these ideas, wh- the, these moments where we're talking to our buddies, we're in the car, we're out at the park, and we say, wouldn't it be really cool if we did this? The difference between those moments that you have and what uh, Screech and Vidalia were able to accomplish is they just went and did them. They they immediately said, well, let's go ahead and start planning it. What are the things that we need to do to make this fun happen? What are the things that we need to do to make this fun uh, fundraising uh, happen? And then then they they just did it. Uh, this is this is very much a uh, you know you end up beating yourself up to a point where where you you say, uh, I just can't do it or it wouldn't work or it wouldn't be good enough or something like that. And it's just not true. 
Yeah, like uh, in college, I contacted the Nashville Zoo to see if I could interview a zookeeper for a, a college thing, right? And like I was like, ah, this, they're not gonna, you know, have time for that kind of thing. They replied to me that day and said, "Yeah, we'll do it." You can just do that. <laughs> yeah, apparently. For yeah. later. Again, again, <laughs> put the clipboard on and the orange <laughs> vest, <laughs> and go act like you're supposed to be there and get things done. <laughs> I was told to move this chimp from here to my house. <laughs> <laughs> this is this has become very Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> anyway, the take is you can just do that. Yeah, you can. So yeah. reach out to local Ren fairs or other festivals that you can find at uh, your local park for recruitments. You can do it because we did. That's awesome. So, Vidalia, you said that in October we're going to Radiant Valley is going to be having a a, a medieval fest held mm-hmm. by the same uh, people. Yes, and probably a, a lot more successful scarf sales. Um, <laughs> the you, well, also that particular one is bigger than the pirate fest. Yeah, so. it's about twice as big. Yeah. Oh, so. nice. Um, Screech, do you have plans to duplicate your uh, your event anytime soon? Um. So, especially a lot of cross gamers say like, hey, you should do a season opener style event like this, like every year, because there's a lot of groups that do a season opener when it starts to warm up again. Yeah. Um, I know that there's some other groups that used to do openers that aren't necessarily doing them as much now. Um, like they did some pre-COVID, but haven't done any next year. I definitely want to do another big recruitment style event like this. Yeah, that sounds really good. Uh, also, you were a robot there for a little bit, but that was all part of the plan. Screech is definitely a human being. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that's actually a really good point. We always have the concerns about, like, how do we, I, I guess, thaw things out after winter Anthgard because there's always some attrition over the winter. So, like, I like the idea of calling it, like, a season opener. Well, like, uh, yeah. one of the, I can't remember if it's Dagger Bell, but one of them is, like, Wolfpack opener, and I think that's the park or something like that. And, like, it's a very big thing they hold in the gym every single year kind of deal. Cool. So, like, I never really thought about running the recruitment thing as an opener type thing. That's actually a really excellent idea. So let's do this. We're at the point of the show where we typically start to wind down. I want to give each of you a free space to sort of talk about anything else you might want to, you know, put out to our audience. Um, Screech, if you'd like, we can start with you. If you need some time, we can start with Vidalia. Um, I can use some time to think a little bit, but first, before that, I missed Subway Footlong in my shoutouts earlier. No, it's fine. You don't got to yeah, say anything. Yeah, you don't have to say anything about that. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that guy. I'm a, He's no I'm fun to do fight. It anyways, because he <laughs> kicked ass at my event. Um... He brought Pop-Tart to help, and he, while I was trying to run a bunch of other stuff, he was helping with weapons check. Um, while I was busy setting up the field, he was grabbing some newbies and doing some ditching or sparring. Um, he'd, and I reached out to him, and I was like, hey, I just want you to leave one battle game. And then he came down, and he's like, no, nah, I'm helping you the whole day. <laughs> yeah, nice. And he just didn't stop helping, and I really appreciate everything he did. Yeah, Subway, at least in Amthgard, is the human equivalent of an orange vest and clipboard. He will just take people and start telling them what to do. Hey, you, go move that. You, come here. So he's, he's very good about that. We'll start with Vidalia then. Vidalia, is there any, you know, sort of bits of wisdom or anything you want to just plug to the audience here before we get to the last segment of our show? Uh, bits of wisdom. Never had that. So, um, <laughs> but uh, Radiant Valley's 20th anniversary is coming up this year. Um, is it only 20? 
(laughs) (laughs) So I believe we're going to do a 20th year in the beginning of August. I'm not sure if we're doing it the first or second weekend of August. So uh, check out scheduling at our um, Winter's Edge Facebook group or local Facebook group. Um, But we're going to try to do some pretty cool stuff. We'll also be hosting the Regional Arts and Sciences Tournament there uh, for our Best of the Best and we'll probably do a fighting tournament as well. So we're going to have a bunch of really cool stuff. Um, going back to some of the parks that Radiant Valley used to play at. So we'll be adventuring a little too. Um, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. And I want to see everyone there. All right. Screech, we're going to take it back to you. Anything you want to plug before we get to our last segment? Um, I guess just a couple like tips and advice and things that i thought of that i didn't get to touch on earlier yeah um having one thing that we did was there was another park that we were considering moving to mm-hmm. but we held one or two fighters practices there on off weekends and we had a lot of people walk up and say hey what are you doing like this looks really cool um and we had we actually had one where over half the people that were attending were new players oh, that hadn't really joined cool. us before nice. and then we saw most of them back out at the come try larp day nice um and then also like when trying to go and recruit don't like just go where any nerdy or weird people are um like there's other groups that'll do they'll work with conventions to host big demos at anime cons at um like i know at dragon con and momocon every year the local dag chapter high spires works to do a demo um and then uh, Howling Pines, the Enterprise Alabama Park, told me that their mo- their most success they've had with recruiting has been going to tattoo shops and putting yeah, up posters in me. tattoo shops and talking to those people. Huh? Huh? That's cool. Yeah, that would get yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I thought that was really cool, and it, it seems totally out of the blue, but it's like no, it's straight up our people. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I've got two. I feel like at least half of ELW has some sort of a tattoo somewhere. Um, to kind of pitch in on that one, there's a, a group in Knoxville called Fun with Friends, and it's like a other one. Uh, uh, it's like a thing where they kind of do a random thing every Thursday or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but we haven't kind of followed up with them any, but they were interested on trying to come out on a on a Sunday for our thing, too. So you might look out for, I don't know if that's a national thing or anything, but like a Fun with Friends or like a... Uh, a group meeting thing that does activities. So I know, um, I think it's Nirvana Comics here in Knoxville has a LARP social once a month. What? Where, yeah. It's like five minutes from my Fuck house. I have there. no idea about <laughs> yeah, it. That's cool. Yeah, so you can just go and like meet other LARPers and I think they do like a dinner style murder mystery thing also. Yeah. So like, that's cool. Might be fun to check it out sometime. But I'm sure that if you're interested in having, like, a LARP social, there's lots of comic book stores or game stores. Um, our game store allows us to host craft nights there sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there's Definitely. a lot of cool things. Yeah, lots of opportunities for outreach in general. All right. So last segment of our show is always asking for a fun, funny, crazy, epic Amphgard story. Um, I'm going to make it a little more specific. Uh, I want to do something from your specific event and from your specific event. I want stories from that, not wider Amphgard as a whole. Um, Screech, would you like to go first, or would you like to make Vidalia do it? I'll let 
Vidalia go first because I've been going first most of the night. All right, Vidalia. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of a crazy story that happened. Anything catch on fire? Oh, mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nope. Now some... we got to chase that one down. Uh, yeah. I know no, some people not... got burnt. <laughs> I mean, you were there. There was the the cops were called that one time. Oh, that's yeah. not a fun story though. <laughs> no, yeah. No. Tell a better one than that. <laughs> I'm thinking. Anybody save the day? Um, Last minute. Dark the, like... Darkmoor saved the day uh, by showing up. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. <laughs> we were short one volunteer. Two days um, because someone couldn't make it. And so Darkmoor ended up coming out uh, on his birthday weekend to help cover spots. So mm. it was very sweet of him. Very nice. That's not a fun, crazy story, though. Give me a second to think and I'll come up with something. Screech, vamp for me. <laughs> I, I can drop a, a tiny short thing while you're thinking. Um, so you never finished the, the MILFs. There, there's a second part to that. So during the discussion on the Discord, um, Vidalia said, Screech, you need to bring, and if you all follow me on TikTok, you've probably seen this already. Um, Vidalia said, Screech, you need to bring MILFs because they bring snacks. And I was like, and I said, Vidalia, I bring snacks. <laughs> like, we already got the snacks. Like, well, mm. and then Heralder just immediately jumps in with perfect timing saying, Screech, that makes you a MILF. <laughs> <laughs> Bless and timing. the two of them competed to see which could be the first one to update my amped wiki, <laughs> the official milf of the Everliving Woods, and who would be the first person to message my squire. It was Heralder. And inform my squire. Yeah, Heralder yeah. was the one who nice. got both of those. He, he's a little quicker on the draw. But yeah, and th that was a pretty hilarious conversation to get a screenshot of. <laughs> okay, I love that story. It's a very funny story, and I'm glad that you were able to finish it. But can you tell the story about the newbie that ran with the with the flag? Yes, That's cool. I'm gonna let you finish that, and all. I'm gonna let you yeah, finish. I but that was the we best going. story. <laughs> yeah. So um, there is this one new player, Shania, who was kind of timid about get, getting out on the field. Um, her significant other was super into it, and she was kind of cautiously picking up a sword. Still seemed interested and was definitely gonna get on the field. And then in like the second game of capture the flag. She's the back of a group of players, mixed newbies and vets, who are pushing to grab the flag. And one of the vets, I'm not entirely sure who it was, grabs the flag and then gets legged. And he just reaches behind his back and he's right flag and just yells, take it, take it. She grabs it and books it around the whole edge of the field. The whole field is cheering her. And like saying like, go there, go there, go score. And all these other players like run out of spawn to block for her and form a human wall. Nice. So that she can get the point. And there are a bunch of pictures Living Woods Facebook group of her doing this victory lap to score for her team. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that that's, was one of my highlights of the event. That's pretty epic for sure. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that story. I, I, think that's going to be like burned in that newbie's memory forever that's what you're looking for yeah, absolutely. yeah. vidalia um, do you have anything for us um alice was at the event and he has that drum that he always carries around you know? right and so the entire time he was working he was playing the drum and so nice. like he would go up to the like m music people or whatever and just like join in and play the drum with them uh, to the point that like they thought that he was one of the 
uh, <laughs> like street actors. Clipboard. Clipboard <laughs> telling you. And so Aulis, the first day he was out, he was the only person with a drum. And he would play. They have this thing where all of the street actors come together at the end of the day. And we would all sing pirate shanties. And um, so he would come and he would play the drum for that. Just unprompted, learned their songs off the top of his head. And then he went home and YouTubed the... Um, musicians that were there and learned all of their songs and like how to do the um, rhythm beat and then like the fills and everything and then came back out the next day and brought extra drums for people to play and he was super cool just fit right in like it was awesome to see so that's pretty oh, cool I, I didn't get to go award. <laughs> yeah. yeah right I didn't get to go but I, I had kind of forgotten that this was a, a pirate fest was there a whole lot of wellermen going on there yes yep, yep. um just an inordinate amount of wellermen <laughs> and then the the other person that i really want to give a shout out sorry um is what? i don't know you looked exasperated oh. <laughs> is rowan um he worked the uh gate so where p people would give them the tickets after they bought them from cabbage so um and he worked the gate in character the entire time, eight-hour days, five days, because um, it was one weekend was a three-day weekend, um, to the point that like he was starting to lose his voice from doing the pirate accent so much. Um, and he said it was super important to him because it was the first impression that people get of the festival. Mm -hmm. Like he was the person setting that expectation at the door or whatever. So huge shout out to Rowan um, for being in character the entire time. Mask, 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 mask. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear that? That was weird. So weird. All right. Thank you so much, Screets, for joining mm -hmm. us and talking with us. Uh, it's super cool to hear about how we can raise funds and, and obviously how we can increase our, our memberships. Um, I think there's a lot of good takeaways from this. Vidalia, thank you so much for being here as our backup Jeff, just in case this one failed. <laughs> um, send me any links that you want in the show notes, and I will put them down below. And okay, awesome. One last thing before we go, too. I want to give an extra special thank you to all of our Patreons and everyone who supports the show in any way. If you would like to support us, one of the best ways to do it is just like, share, and subscribe. Links to Patreon and all of the other ways to support the show are down in the comments. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or Spotify to get notified about new episodes. And make sure to follow us on Facebook for announcements and more.